Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning in again today. This is part two of Moed, Understanding Father's Seasons. And as we made it clear in part one, seasons are not winter, spring, summer, fall, according to the Genesis 1 understanding. And so hopefully... If you are new to this idea that maybe some lights are coming on, I pray that that Father will shed light and His Holy Spirit will illuminate truth in all of us towards these matters. And it will become this this source of life and and vibrancy in us to to long to meet with our Creator. Um, Man, I mean, I, I say this all the time, so forgive me if you've heard me say it 27 times. The creator of all things, the one who hung the sun, moon, and stars, spoke life into existence, formed humanity out of the dirt of the earth, and then formed a woman to come alongside him from his own rib, the one who parted the seas, the one who, all these things. This Elohim, of all Elohims, has told us that he wants to come and meet with us. When when I started looking into this a couple years back, all new to me, and I started getting that to, to find a resting place in me, everything about feasts and Sabbath changed because I realized my father told me that he wants to meet with me and then he even told me when. Now 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 many people say, well how do you even really know? There's no way to know. There's no way to know when the seventh day is. There's no way to know. And so and so it's used as an excuse to just abandon it entirely. And friend, that is that is just really juvenile doctrinal understanding. Like and, and what I say to people that, that bring that up to me is like, okay, so take me to a passage in Romans. Or or explain to me something from I don't know, Revelation. Okay, now explain how you understand that fully. If, if you're big into eschatology, all right, now show me when when will that happen in Daniel? Has that already happened? Okay, Revelation 7. Can you give me a timeline of when? Oh, well, I don't know. Oh, well, okay. Well, forget it then. Here, forget it. I, I can't understand it. Who can really know? You know what I'm saying? Is let me let me put it like this. We know Yeshua is coming back. He's returning. He's returning for a people. I don't know when that is, do you? Now I feel like because of the Moed understanding, I and many millions of others understand the season, the Moed we get a pretty good idea because of types and shadows and, and different things that, that were told, tabernacling with men and all these different things. I got a pretty good idea of, of, of a season that we have been told, but I can't tell you the day or the hour, right? So with that broad doctrinal approach being applied to everything, well, I can't really know when he's coming, so eh, I'm just going to cruise along minding my own business because who can know? And so that's what I'm saying about these things. Again, we can discuss calendar uh, differences. Yes, discrepancies are all over the place, and I'm sure not the guy to make sense of them. But 
our heart's posture should be to say, look, Father, I don't know I don't know exactly how to do this, but if you said in Genesis chapter 1 that there are seasons that are marked to be appointed times when you want to come and meet with me and meet with your people and do things in our midst that you don't do in other times and seasons, I'm going to do my best to find out when to show up. That's my proposal. Now, what I ended part one with is, is that there, there is, of course, a valid excuse, if you will, of why we are ignorant, to, ignorant towards these things, and it is our upbringing. It's Christian doctrine. We have been taught some major identity issues that we tackle here on the program with great regularity in many different ways. It's an endless list. We have fulfilled the prophecies of like going the ways of our fathers and, and the ways of the nations, idolatry. We have done that. To the utmost, yes. This nation leads the way in idolatry. It just looks a little bit different, and it's even been branded a little Christian-y, um, which is the most dangerous kind, by the way. It's it's anyway. Um, but it, there's more to it, um, according to the Word of God. There there is more to why we have not remembered Father's Moed, His appointed times, um, and we have thereby missed His seasons. Uh, it is ignorance. It is poor doctrine. It is bad teaching. It's shallow teaching, lacking Hebrew understanding. But there's something else against us um, that is very, very powerful towards this matter. And I brought this out with the Passover, and I I saw in several individuals as I was speaking, like, oh my gosh, you could just tell because I'm I'm a uh, I, I am a gauger of the audience when I'm speaking, and there were a couple individuals who were like, oh my gosh. And, and I've had this moment myself, and perhaps you will as well if you've not heard this before and all of this is new to you. But there's something more to this forgetting and, and, and thereby not remembering Yahweh's appointed times than merely being ignorant and not being um, passed to us, uh, traditionally speaking. So <laughs> there's another force at work, uh, more so than just all of mankind forgetting Yahweh's appointed times. And it's Hasatan, Satan, the devil, the adversary. And he is set on altering and ultimately set on removing Father's appointed times. That again were established for, for, for all of creation, at creation for all of humanity, and, and for creation itself. Now, for years now, I've been I've been aware of and and known uh, Daniel chapter seven. It's verse twenty five, and uh, this of course is clear. And it says this: He, Hasatan, the adversary, he shall speak words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and he shall he shall think to change the times and the law. Okay, so so let's stop there for just a mere moment to make sure if you've not connected this before in light of this topic specifically. Many of you have, of course, and you know that, and you could quote it. But but the adversary, it's prophesied that he, towards the end of the age, will want to change times and law. Okay? Now, now without getting into this too much, now look around. Look around at the status of the body of Messiah. Law I'm free from the law. Don't you know what Paul said? Okay, it's been changed. It's not for us. It's not for me. I'm not under law. And 
He shall think to change the times. And friend, this just this is right here with what I'm presenting as far as seasons goes. Times and seasons, appointed times. I'm not going to get into holidays and all the things that Christianity celebrates, but friend, this is front and center. Clear as a bell to me when you plug this into these Bible verses, and I'm only going to touch on two. But And I, like I said, I've known that one for, for several years, but when I was doing the Passover study, this one, arrested me. I mean, this is one of these, I say this a lot and people probably think I'm extravagant, but when I study the Bible and I'm like really in, I'm just like, (laughs) I'll push my Bible out and be like, oh my gosh. If my wife's around, I'll be like, honey, you got to hear this. Oh my gosh. And I'll just sit and I'll be like, all right, I want this to just permeate all of my understanding and be set in me to remember and to be sober towards these things, and and then to to present that like this, and to anyone else I may have any opportunity to speak with, to say, friend, this is why you don't do the appointed times. This is why you don't show up to Yahweh's seasons. This is why Christianity doesn't want anything to do with Hebraic Jewish traditions or past tense rules and law. Friend, the Bible tells us we have been warned. And we could go over several scriptures, but this I'm trying to keep in two parts, three at the most. So we're just going to touch on these two, the Daniel 7.25, and then this one that I read, again, during my Passover study, and just, man, stop me in my tracks. Isaiah chapter 14. The prophet is speaking of, of this shining one, Lucifer, who has, quote, fallen from heaven, okay? Just to be clear who we're talking about here. We're, many of us are familiar with the Isaiah text of, of talking about this fallen one. But verse 13 is our key um, in light of what we're talking about. It says this, quote, You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of Yahweh. I will set my throne on high. Now we know this. This is, this is the, the great adversary trying to what? He, in his heart, he rebelled and he wanted to ascend to the highest heaven and usurp Father God, Yahweh, Elohim of all Elohim's authority. He wanted to be, he wanted to be seated and throned. He wanted to be king, Lord of all lords. It was his goal in the rebellion. We know this. So he said that, I want to ascend to heaven. Above the stars of Yahweh, I will set my throne on high. And this is what got me when I started studying the words. Because our, our, our um, translations stink so bad, friends. We've got to be careful what we just read topically and just, man, we can't read this like we're reading a newspaper article or, or, a, or a, a news segment on, online. And we just read every four words and think we've learned something. But a proper word study, we'll get to. Because I'm going to read it as it probably says in your version and probably even in mine. I don't remember the one I have in book form right now. I mean, I know which version it is, but I don't remember where I, which versions I went through to get here. It says this. I will sit on the mount, yours will probably say, of congregation. It will probably say I will sit on the mount of congregation. In the far reaches of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will make myself like the Most High. But here's what's interesting about that, because if a a casual reading will just blow by that and have no relevance whatsoever to anything we're discussing today about the Moedim. Nothing. But when we look at this word, he says this, I will sit 
on the mount of Moed. I will sit on the mountain of appointed times. And friends, just stop right there and and plug that into your heart, into your understanding as you ask yourself a question about if this is for me, remembering Yahweh's appointed times, if this is a creation-based fact for all of humanity now, then why am I not doing it? You're likely a, a strong believer, a, 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 a passionate follower of Jesus, a gospel-believing New Testament man or woman. And you could rightly say, then, then well, why don't I think, I, I read my Bible, why don't I do this? Friend, I'm saying I am submitting on a plate in front of you to ask this question for consideration. Maybe it's because he, the adversary, has been succeeding against the body of Messiah for ages with accomplishing what he said he would do in his rebellion and in his fall. Which is what? I will sit on the mountain of appointed times. I will sit on the mount of Moed. Friends, this has happened. This has happened. And not just in our age, like in my lifetime. Since 1973, when Roe v. Wade came, that was the year I was born. No, friends, this has been happening generation after generation after generation. Of what? A people who have forgotten Yahweh's ways. And we are so far removed from showing up for Yahweh's appointed times, we don't even believe they're for us anymore. It's not for me. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13, accomplished to the letter. When people who follow Jesus have no idea of Father's appointed times. Put that into your thinking cap, won't you? So knowing what we know that the Bible speaks of, it's no wonder that we've not remembered Father's ways. Because like I said, number one, we're ignorant. We have, we have carried on the traditions of the 3rd, 4th, 5th century church that replaced everything Jewish and twisted the words of Paul to be anti-Torah. It's just it's it's just simple it's simply that. And we think about that, friend. Think about how many times and steps away from what Shaul Paul taught and what he said as he went to the synagogue and as they gathered and the they stood and read Torah and they wore tassels until it was all eradicated and told you can't do that anymore. Friend, we are so far, so many generations away from that, friend. It is no wonder the adversary's mission has come to pass. Where people who say they're God's chosen people, with confidence now, have no idea about the Moedim. We have to acknowledge that that is very, very plausible. That his mission has been accomplished. That he has in fact sat upon the mount of Moed. 
I don't like that, but it's, it's, it's true. Only those who allow the word of God alone to instruct them will memorialize Father's appointed times. This isn't about our opinion. This isn't about Christian doctrine. This isn't about what I was taught when I was 12. I have no excuse. I have the Word of God. I have Holy Spirit to teach me all things. And I have a heart that wants to know truth to no end. And I have a gracious Father who, for whatever reason, opens my eyes to see what He has set in place from Genesis chapter 1. So the adversary is attempting to eradicate Yahweh's moed, his appointed times. He desires to remove and replace them. Have they been replaced? Yes. Do we do Easter? Yep. Christmas? Yep. It's a laundry list. But what about, what about the moedim? What about Father's times? His appointed times to meet? Oh, no, we don't do that. Why? Isaiah's prophecy. He hates Father's perfect law and his perfect ways. He hates Father's celebratory appointments with his set-apart people. The scripture is clear about that from cover to cover. There is a violent assault about removing everything that identified Yahweh's people from day one. I mean, look, look, at, look at the Israelites in Egypt. What, what, were, what were they always saying? Let us go so that we can go and celebrate the feasts of Yahweh Elohim. No way. Uh-uh. Not around here you're not. Right? Why? I believe, I believe we've covered that. <laughs> so, with that proposal, I believe we're merely living in an ancient cycle. Why do I believe this? Well, I want to propose something that I believe Holy Spirit revealed to me um, earlier this week while I was working. And I just stopped and journaled some stuff out, some thoughts um, that I want to present. We'll figure out whether we need to go to part three or not. Probably will. <clears throat> and, and basically, <laughs> I felt like Holy Spirit asked me, as I'm, I'm thinking through this stuff while I'm, while I'm working, when, when did people start missing Father's appointed times? When did they stop showing up? I'll, I'll pose it to you. We'll make this interactive. When did humanity stop showing up for Yahweh's appointed times? I would say that was long, long ago. Preceded Christianity, preceded the Israelites. I would suggest it came before Abraham. I want, to, I want to propose that it started in the Garden of Eden, immediately following creation itself. Let's, let's read Genesis chapter 3. If we just spent our lives in Genesis, we may have more understanding than if we read the whole Bible and just closed it up. Let's read uh, 8, 9, 10, 11. They who, Adam and Eve, they heard the sound of Yahweh, Elohim, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yahweh, Elohim, among the trees of the garden. And Yahweh, Elohim, called to the man. And he said, Where are you? 
And he, Adam, said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked. So I hid myself. And Yahweh said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? We'll just stop there. Probably could have stopped at 10. I want to propose that this is the first time we see the missing of Yahweh's appointed time. So why does that matter? What in the world? It matters, and we're going to talk about that for a few minutes. Let's do that, see if we have time. So when Yahweh said to Adam, who, who, who told you? Who told you that you're naked? In other words, why, why are you taking your own initiative to partake of the tree? And why in the world are you listening to the voice of someone else? Why are you entertaining someone else's opinion in my abode, in this beautiful garden that I have created to walk with you within? I have created an environment where I come down at an appointed time and I intimately walk with you in the cool of the day. Adam, what have you done? Now we know when Yahweh asks him, where are you and who told you? He's not, he's not searching for information. He already knows. This is a dialogue with humanity for our own good to learn from. I would think that he likely thought, Yahweh, what have you done that's caused you to miss our appointed time, Adam? Where are you? Why aren't you here? Why was our appointed time not enough for you? I would say these exact same questions apply to us today, word for word. I am thoroughly convinced, and I've said this before, I believe if... if and I'm not making light of, of Yahweh and, and his all that he is. But if we could if we could make him in the form of an individual where we could sit and talk to him as a man talks to a man, I believe he would say, Why have you created your own times? Why have you created your own celebratory times? events and memorials why have you forsaken my moed my seasons appointed to meet with you i think he would say exactly what he said to adam which is where are you what are you doing hiding Who has told you these lies? I think he would repeat that. I think it would be the same same exchange as he had with Adam that day in the garden. All of mankind has missed Father's appointed times ever since. And what a sad picture we have if we use the Genesis account to make our point. Father is walking in the garden. He's coming to meet with the apple of his eye. Now, how much time passed? We don't know. Was it, was it days? Was it years? Was it eons of time? I don't know. But he's coming to meet with Adam 
and Adam's nowhere to be found. He's hiding. He, man, man now, has missed the appointed time with the Creator, who was, I'm sure, right on time. Whatever, I hadn't even taken time to go into the cool of the day. I can guarantee you Father was on time. Could it be possible that today the same pattern continues? Many a man has said now, Bible-believing men, we don't have to do the feasts. They're not for us. We don't have to do these things anymore. And I would say to the, to the, the, to the um, they're not for us phrase, what about if they're for the Father? They are for us. But what about the Father? What about Him? Again, to use the Genesis chapter 3 account and to, and to bring this into our now moment, of the, of the, to, in case this is not clear, when Yahweh showed up at the appointed time in the cool of the day to walk with Adam like he had already been doing, and Adam wasn't there, and Yahweh says, where are you? I think he's saying the same thing now. He wants to meet with us. What about him? What about Father showing up for his appointed times and his people aren't there? Forget in the right sense. I don't mean this casually and flippantly, but forget in the sense of put that over here. All of humanity, rebellious, outside of the Father, not knowing his ways at all, not studying the Word of God, that's a whole different compartment. But more specifically to the point, what about his people now? How much more hurtful for his own people who claim to know him and walk in his ways and, and love his ways and read David say, I love your law, I love your ways, Father. But then he shows up at his appointed times and there's nobody there. I'm asking, I'm asking you to think about Father's heart. I believe, he's, I believe he's grieved. Many a man has said, we don't have to do these feasts. But Father, I believe, is looking for his people to show up on his appointed times. So what we see next, and then we'll bring this to a close, is we see time and time again Yahweh extend himself to man. I mean, just like the garden example. So what's he do? He clothes man, cares for them. Now they're banished. There's consequence. They're put out. We won't even get into all that and all that entailed. There are consequences to not showing up for, for Yahweh's appointed times. I talk about this a lot. We know that in the prophesied millennial kingdom, millennial kingdom now, <laughs> if you don't show up for Sukkot, tabernacles, your land will be cursed. If you don't go and partake in Yahweh's appointed time, Sukkot, you will be cursed in a prophesied millennial kingdom age. There are consequences, friend. But let's just focus on the consequence of missing out on Father's relational interaction with us. What about that? 
I mean, do we really need to be so juvenile? Like, well, all right, tell me how bad, like, like a child, when my child was five, well, tell me the consequence. Am I going to lose my truck? Because if I don't lose my truck, it's worth being rebellious. I'm not, let's get above that. The consequence is disappointing my father. And him having to say, son, where are you? Where are you? I want to meet with you. (laughs) So we're going to talk about how Yahweh extends himself to man. He wants to meet with us, friend. And man, there is such an awakening to this reality in this age. I don't care what you call it. People want to label everything movements and all that. This isn't a movement. This is a prophecy coming on. It's unfolding, which is an awakening to what? The ancient way. I'm seeing it all over the place. I'm seeing it in people I could have never imagined saying, brother, I've never heard that before in my life. That's <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I hope that's true for all of us, that we're addressing our error. In humility, postured to be found pleasing the Father above every single other thing we believe, my main goal is to meet with him. I want to meet with him. When my father says, hey, I'm coming down Tuesday... May the 28th at 6 a.m. Friend, would you get out of bed and and meet with the Father? You better believe you would. We've been told. We've been told. So we're talking about Moed. Understanding Father's Seasons. This is Path to Zion Podcast. We are rediscovering the ancient way. PathToZion.com. PathToZionPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email, won't you? Let us know how you are. How we can pray for you, encourage you, come to where you are. Shoot, you can come here. I don't care. Let's hang out. Let's talk on the phone and email. And uh, let's encourage one another to find whatever the Spirit is saying in this hour. Thank you for watching. We'll be back for part three, the conclusion, right after this. Amen.